I thought you were going to give me the last minute. I forgot we hadn't even started yet. <laughs> and the home of the Welcome to episode 102 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers, and it is another week gone, and we are here once again talking to you, myself, and of course, my faithful compatriot, James. How are you, James? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself, sir? I'm okay. It seems like you are on the mend from whence last we spoke. Yeah, still trying to shake off a nasty sinus infection, but uh, I'm getting there. I'm always glad to hear that you are doing well. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's tough to do the podcast by myself, which is why I don't. <laughs> so I, was, uh, but um, yeah, no, it's it's good. It's good that you are on the mend. It's good that uh, you know you're you're better than you were. Always, Thank you, sir. Always better than you were. That's that's <laughs> the goal, right? Yes, exactly. Well, let's we try. I tried doing that for my deck hockey game. That really didn't work out very well. But hopefully, I could focus on the podcast now. Well, I think you've been a little uneven in terms of your uh, playing time, so uh, that doesn't help. No, yeah, uh, injuries and and other health issues. They, uh, I just turned forty, as everybody knows, or at least if you didn't have, haven't heard the last couple of podcasts. James uh, is over the hill. Yeah, exactly. So, um. Like that's one of the things I admire about uh, Superfan Anthony so much is he's in a league of 40 and over, and those guys play like they're in their 20s. And just when Gary and I did a couple of play-by-plays of the uh, series and things like that, it's mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it. And now that I have officially reached 4-0, I really don't know how they do it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, tip of the cap and, and tap of the stick to those guys and girls for uh, not letting age be a factor. Our own John is a perfect example of that as well i mean the guy has me by a few years and and he's just in phenomenal shape and so god bless him too i I just wish i could drink from the same fountain of youths as these people do hey man i'm not yet 38 and i'm a broken down has been so (laughs) yeah Uh, but anyway hey the the beauty of deck hockey and whatnot is uh, we're still able to play and and you know if, if the times when um detrimental to the team i need to hang them up so be it. I just hope, hopefully everybody's honest enough to let me know that, hey, you're no Yager, so get out of the way, guys. <laughs> it's all confidence, James. Confidence is is so much a part of the game. Don't don't sell yourself short because you're just you're hurting yourself by doing it. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, yeah, I need to get out there and play. I haven't played in like a couple of months. Or well, I won't argue with that. <laughs> Thanks for holding down the fort, though. The LIQ yeah. looks to be doing pretty well, and, and I'm missing out on a lot of fun and hope to be out there pretty soon. We hope to have you soon. So what else have you been up to this week? Oh, yeah. The Stanley Cup was won, so that's done. I do have to officially apologize to everybody in Las Vegas. I tried my darndest not to root for the Vegas Golden Knights because I wanted them to win. Because in this bizarre world that I've been in in the last couple of years, anything I want or root for doesn't happen. So unfortunately, You're this the one time that I want. Blue... You are the one that I want. Yeah. Vegas. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to fool the uh, nasty gods, and I was pretending to root for the Capitals, and <laughs> the Capitals ended up winning. Anyway, but uh, we'll get into that into the podcast. So it wasn't the worst thing in the world, and, and Vegas has nothing to be ashamed of at all, having such a historic and amazing season. So that happened. Um, I don't even like uh, that song. Really much. Sorry. Sorry, okay. I'm not, not trying to interrupt your your, no. your lack of anything else to discuss, but I don't I don't like that so like I don't in just full confession I don't really like I'm not even gonna say I don't really like I don't like at all the movie Grease. I've done the play like three or four times and I enjoyed it the first couple, but like the movie it's I don't I don't like it really at all. My my father loves it. 
I just I don't get it. I don't. I, it's it's a movie like okay. Here's the here's the short <laughs> version for all of you who didn't ask. Uh, so the play, which was written in the seventies, is like takes place in the fifties ish, right? That's yep. that's the era that that. Like, okay, great. But the feel of the movie in in the the movie Greece is so phony and and and, and so seventies like. You know, it's it's so obviously a '70s movie that's pretending to be '50s. It doesn't have that authentic feel, and it's like they don't even try. And that song is is kind of the epitome of that for me. Plus the the opening, you know, theme, the Frankie Valley grease is the word, but I do like that song, so I'm going to give that one a pass. But you're the one that I want actually replaced the song that ended the play, which is uh, "I'm All Choked Up." So um, that's neither here nor there, but they they had this like uh, kind of nonsense, and it replaced a genuinely like fifties feeling song, and I just resent that. So that's that's the detour that nobody asked for, and I'm done. But there you are. Thank you, sir. I mean, I could talk about Kanicki and Grease Lightning too, but nobody wants to hear about that. So how was your week otherwise? Fine, thank you. My my week, uh, I, I did play hockey on Sunday, as you know, I we alluded to. I didn't do great. <laughs> I should have stopped a little earlier than I did. Rob, God bless him, Rob was trying. We played four games, and I was pretty much pretty obviously done after three. I actually got dizzy at the beginning of the third game. And, and Rob tried to get me to stop and let somebody else play goal for the last game. But you know me, I'm a stubborn rhino. And I was like, no, no, just let me sit for a few minutes. I'll, I'll, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to put someone else in goal. I'll do it. And I, I had a great first period. And then I had an awful second and third period. So uh, I cost my team there. And I apologize to anyone who was on that team that happens to be listening. And I, uh, I, I appreciate Rob trying to look out for me, but you know, like I said, I'm stubborn and I, I, I don't know what's good for me. So, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't, you know, I have one in three on the day, so that's not too great, but it happens. You know, I got to play hockey, you know, that's better than not getting to play hockey, even if you have a bad day. So I appreciate that. So I, I'm, I'm happy for what I have. Good stuff. Um, elsewise, speaking of hockey, the uh, World Championships, the Ball Hockey World Championships are going on right now in Moscow. And uh, I've heard there's some other tournament going on in Russia now, too. Some little international thing that involves balls and mm. kicking them. And I don't know. I'm sure nobody's watching that. But I'm sure everybody is watching the World Championships of Ball Hockey, which are, are as I said, in Moscow right now. And uh, I have to tell you. I was just watching, just today, I was watching yesterday's game of the U.S. women versus the Czech Republic. And if you were listening to the podcast last year when we covered the uh, World Championships, although I don't think it's the same tournament. I think it's a different World Championships, but that's neither here nor there. So if you were listening to the podcast last year, you remember, or you may remember, you probably don't. I don't know why you would remember something that I said on a podcast a year ago. It's not incumbent upon you to do so. I apologize for implying that that was the case. But uh, so nevertheless, if you were listening last year, then you probably heard me talk about how the Czech Republic, who hosted last year's tournament, was really poor sports all around. The, uh, the, the fans especially, but the team as well, the, the Czech teams were really just not good sports. There was very poor sportsmanship shown and I am unhappy to say that the streak continues. The U.S. women played the team, and while nobody got hurt in this one, fortunately, they're, like the U.S. got blown out. The final was 5-1, to one, and that, that one U.S. goal was scored in garbage time, which isn't great, and, but that's not what I'm complaining about. After the third goal, which is in the third period, the Czech team, I mean, it was a good goal. Like, the, the Czech skater kind of or runner whatever the check forward broke out a little bit and did it like a, a sick dangle to to deke the american goalie out of her shoes and managed to you know kind of I'm, I'm moving my arms around as if you can see what i'm doing 
to to explain what she did. But basically, she she brought the puck out like center in front of the goalie and got her to bite and then was able to pull it back basically around the to like the goal line. And it looked like she lost control of it for half a second, but she was able to regain control and just kind of tap it in. It was a good goal, but. You know, and and I I give her credit for scoring a good goal, but what I don't give her credit for is that to celebrate the goal. I mean, the the team like came together and hugged, and that's fine. But then they did like some choreographed thing that they you know they must have prearranged. They must have practiced this because it was on cue, like right next to the goalie and right next to the goal, who's I'm sure frustrated that she just gave up that goal in a crucial moment. They all drop to the ground on their backs in a circle and start kicking their feet like synchronized swimmers. It's some kind of like, if this was the NFL, they would be awarded penalties for that celebration. I mean, like, there's no place for that kind of stuff in hockey. You know, you, everybody, everybody celebrates a goal, especially if it's in a big spot. Great. You know, you drop to your knees or you pump your fist or you go run along the bench and slap hands or whatever. But... Something like that is completely uncalled for. And, I, you know, I, I w- would be unhappy if the American women did the same thing because that's showboating. And like I said, there's, in my opinion, there's no place for that kind of stuff in hockey. I don't know. You, you feel free to disagree, James. Disagree. I'm trying very hard not to curse and scream and throw stuff right now. That is, that is absolutely pathetic. Yeah, and then after the game, after they won, uh, that f- this is all being streamed on the internet. So, like, I guess they left the camera on for a while after the game to for the post game. The American women left, I guess, handshake line or whatever. The Czechs lined up for their national anthem to be played, which I guess is a thing they do in this tournament, which is fine. And then they all sat at center ice or whatever center deck and had themselves a little powwow where they, I guess, were congratulating the best player or each other or whatever. And, okay, whatever. I guess the game's over if you want to sit out there and have a little chat, be my guest. But then they all got up, and they got in a line, and then they, like, all ran towards the boards together and then put up their arms and slid on their knees. Like, you know, they just, I don't know. I, I don't, like... Or no, no, they didn't slide on their knees. They did belly flops. They, like they were on a slip and slide. Like, wee all together. I don't get it. What are you women doing? Like, wh- seriously, what are you doing? This is not hockey. This is like, this isn't rec league hockey. I mean, if, if guys did that, they would get punched. I don't know. Oh, like, I don't know why this is considered acceptable. And I realize uh, I'm going on a rant here and I apologize. And uh, you know what? If Jackie Spiegel hears this, maybe she can send us an email or something and give us a little insight. Maybe there's some element of this or some cultural aspect that I'm missing. But this just seems stupid to me. It seems unnecessary and it seems like poor form. Even if these morons won the whole tournament and and acted like that, it would be humiliating to themselves and to the sport. Mm -hmm. So... We'll just put a cap on that because I'm really very, very, very angry listening to this. And, and to make and to be a versus our U.S. women makes it that much worse. But that is absolutely 100 percent pathetic. And when Gary says don't be that guy at the end, all those stupid, stupid women are that guy. Like I, and that that's a great point that you raise there, James, that I failed to mention. It's not even like this was the championship game. This is just a round robin game in the tournament. Like. You know, I just, I don't, I'm sorry, James. I didn't mean, I'm upset by this, but I, I, I just, I think it's ridiculous. You seem to be genuinely upset, like genuinely angry. And I apologize. I didn't mean to rile you up. I just just wanted to talk about it because I thought it was, you know, worth mentioning. Of course. So cool. So you're a much better guy than I am anyway, but this is just an example of that. (laughs) Isn't, uh, isn't Yarmir Yager Czech? I don't know. I, I think everybody who is Czech should just change his, uh, his uh, country because that's just absolutely darn right humiliating. And yeah, like you said, get a handle US, on this. If, if the U.S. women would have done that, it, 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 we'd just be just as – but they wouldn't because they'd never be that unprofessional or that childish or that stupid. So, all right. Thanks for the heads up and <laughs> yeah, go sure. every team except for the Czech morons. Well, really. 
we um, we've gone long again, James. We should probably yeah. get around to introducing ourselves. We're about five minutes ahead of schedule, so that's good. Oh, okay, week. good, good, yeah, good. We're we've only we've only wasted fifteen minutes <laughs> at the beginning of the show. Everything is going according to plan. All right, so. For those of you who are still here and, and for some reason don't know who we might be, allow us to introduce ourselves and jump right into tonight's starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup, in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McConaughey. And of course, my stalwart co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Yes, sir, James. Oh, James, yes. I mean, it's not like I just remembered who you are. I know who you are. I just remembered something that I forgot to mention on last week's podcast. So I'm going to extend this whole opening even more for for no good reason. But so last week, if you missed the podcast last week, I was talking about how I had had my first, not first, but first in a long time experience, not in goal. I was, I was running. I was a runner or a skater or whatever you want to call it. I was out there with a hockey stick in my hand, running back and forth along the court, trying to uh, make plays and defend and what have you. You understand. You're not a dumb person, I assume. So that that whole experience, and I had talked about how it hurt. <laughs> I, uh, the big part of what I was talking about last week was how I had gone through all this and it really hurt, partly because my body wasn't used to it and partly because it hurts. But so... The thing that I forgot to talk about, though, perhaps the the funniest thing to come out of this whole thing, the day after I played in this game where, you know, at, at that point, my body was just a mess. Everything below my neck hurt. My legs were jelly. If I sat down for more than 10 minutes, I, I you know, I, I had trouble walking for a while. I was just in bad shape. So I happened to be the next day. I happened to be at my parents' house that evening. And I just I mentioned I was telling them. You know, I, I guess I was moving very gingerly. I was explaining to them why I was in such bad shape and how I, you know, the, the hockey that I was playing and how I, I, my body wasn't used to it because usually I play goal, which they know. And I was doing running around, which is different. So my mother, oh my goodness, my mother, this is what she thinks I do. So my mother says to me, oh, well, yeah, it makes perfect sense that you're, you're not used to it because Usually, don't you just kind of stand there in one place and occasionally dive one way or the other? Oh, no. <laughs> and I laughed. I said, is that what you think I do as a goalie? <laughs> and I said, uh, there's a little more to it than that. I am, you know, constantly moving. And I, I demonstrated kind of how I'm, I'm, you know, I have to move back and forth and, and follow the puck. Because you do as a goalie. You, you have to. You know, ideally, you're keeping your chest square to the puck wherever it is on the rink. So, you know, I, I do tend to kind of strafe back and forth in the net. And I also demonstrated dropping down, you know, kind of butterfly, hybrid butterfly up down kind of quickly and moving across. And, <laughs> and she said, oh, careful, you're not wearing your pad. Yeah, no kidding. Mm. But yeah, so I thought that was very funny. <laughs> uh, so just I guess that's. That's what I do as a goalie. I just kind of stand there and occasionally dive one way or the other. <laughs> See, it's not as hard as you make it out to be, James. Yeah, man. You're making yeah, a mountain out of a molehill. Go yeah, ahead. That, go that, ahead. That, that, like you said, that whole business of tracking the puck and always being in a set position and you never know if a shot's going to come off or a bad angle. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's what we're doing wrong. We're that's what the hard. diving is for, James. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you have a great sense of humor on that, and I'm sure your mother, the last thing she wanted to do was insult you or hurt your feelings or anything like that, but um, it's funny how certain perspectives of things that I guess you're not really familiar with and, and how people tend to see them. Like, for example, growing up, I was always been a big baseball fan, and, mm -hmm. and you know, Gary and I always are, are professing how much we love baseball. And that's always comes, uh, at least growing up at the time, always came up with people who had no idea what baseball was. Oh, why would you watch nine guys standing around scratching themselves? How ignorant can you be? You know what I mean? It's like I wouldn't make fun of like opera or something, something that I'm not familiar with. But I can absolutely appreciate the art and the dedication that goes into an opera, even though I have no idea what it's about. Sometimes there are some very innovative ways of scratching that you haven't considered. And, Probably. you know, for those hard to reach areas, it's nice to have options. 
I guess so. But uh, anyway, it, it, yeah, it is quite humbling to get another point of view of somebody who may not be familiar with or even care about something that we find so passionate and, and try and work and dedicate our lives to. Honestly, the, I, don't think, I don't think my mother thinks very highly of me playing hockey. That, you know yeah. what? That could be her motherly instinct to say, I don't want you getting hurt, so don't play. That, that may be, that, I think that would be her biggest motivation. I think that's it. part of it. Part of, we, we weren't, my sister and I weren't raised to be very active. And I think a lot of that comes from my mother's mother, my grandmother, who thought that if we did anything physical at all, that we would have a heart attack and die. So we were discouraged from doing any kind of physical activity that exceeded riding a bike. So that, that's the kind of environment that I grew up in. But so I think that's part of it. And the other part of it is my mother on some level resents the fact that I choose to be out playing hockey instead of home with my daughter. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's I mean, say la vie. But yeah, so she's not going to go out of her way to praise my hockey playing, I think. Okay, well, one less fan for HTD, and I, I guess she hasn't watched any of our uh, live webcasts or anything like that. I don't know. I mentioned it. I kind of pushed it the first time we did it. I don't, I, and they may have watched one of the. I don't know. I don't know. We don't really. Well, <laughs> a prophet is never appreciated in his own town, right? True. Yeah, I don't ask my family to uh, support our podcast either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we do, though, have some people who appreciate the podcast. And for their benefit, I suggest that we get on with it. Is that a good idea, James? Sounds good. All right. Well, then, in that case, I am going to impose upon you, sir. Can you please, James, would you please do us the honor of telling us what is on deck for this podcast? Would be happy to. And thank you very much for buying enough time for me to calm down. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I can ramble with the best of them. Just ask my wife. Ball hockey in the news. Usually, the American Rhino and I call this topic hockey in the news. But thanks to Jackie Spiegel, we get to talk about her excellent article about deck. 2018 Cup Recap. The incredible inaugural season of the Vegas Golden Knights came to a close as the Washington Capitals took no prisoners, winning their first ever Stanley Cup that they worked so hard and so long for. And... Daddy, in honor of Father's Day, the American Rhino and I have an article to share with you about the man who started my leg. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. All right. So I guess we should just jump right in. So, uh, I mean, we we, <laughs> we had just uh, talked about Jackie Spiegel, or I had just mentioned her in my little rant before. But uh, yeah, she, for those of you who may not remember... Jackie is a friend of the podcast. She was a media director, was it, for the women's ball hockey team last year. And the the ASHI, is it? The American Street Hockey Institute, I think, is, is the group that manages that tournament and uh, what have you. But anyway, so Jackie was a media director last year, and she's going to be the coach of one of the teams, as we've mentioned previously on the podcast, for, for this next tournament. So... You know, great. Congratulations again, Jackie. You you earned it. You're uh, you're good people. And, you know, we, we want to hear all about that when it happens. But uh, in the meantime, Jackie has written this article. And where did you say this appeared, James? The Hockey Times or uh... HockeyWriters.com. HockeyWriters.com. OK, yeah. Yes. So uh, so she wrote this article for HockeyWriters.com. You know, a lot of people get the wrong impression about deck hockey, which we is something we've discussed on the podcast before. And so Jackie, not specifically for our benefit, just for the benefit of hockey fans in general, wrote this article to kind of dispel the misconceptions about deck hockey and street hockey. So, you know, it's, it's a fascinating read. Absolutely. And when it came out, it was released on June 1st. So we had the link set up on our Facebook and Twitter feeds as well. So if you haven't seen it before, we will put it back up there for you, and after we're done talking about it, Gary and I, hopefully you can go check it out yourself and even reach out to Jackie and you know tell her that you appreciated it, and hopefully you learned something new. And this is one of the these this article explains beautifully why Gary and I do this podcast and why you've heard great guys like Lou and Jeremy and Kevin who have joined us because of all that they do for deck hockey and the whole world of deck hockey in general and why we play and love it and talk about it so much. Miss Spiegel nailed it with this excellent, passionate article on the beauty of deck hockey. 
The other thing that we appreciate about it is she mentioned our little play on Hit the Deck and put that in her article as well. So I don't know if it was intentional or if it was hopefully maybe a, a tap of the stick to us. If not, uh, at least good minds think alike. So that that's good in that aspect as well. I believe that's called an Easter egg when something like that happens, James. <laughs> yeah. It would have been nice way, if she had capitalized the words, but, uh, you know, I'll take it. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, who knows with the, the way things get printed and released and, and copied and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, she, she's a very good writer, too. It, it, it's very it's it's a good read all around and uh, grammatically correct as well. So who knows? Maybe they would have switched that on her or whatever the case is. But either way, it's cool. Yeah. So uh, if you are looking for that article once again jackie spiegel wrote it and it's called ball hockey there's more to hockey than just ice so go look that up we'll wait are they gone okay let's continue <laughs> yeah so it, it really tells you the ins and outs of of deck and the tournaments and stuff like that and year round and worldwide and so on and so forth. But one cool thing in the second paragraph, she literally says hitting the deck, which is nice because she's explaining the differences between ball hockey and even street hockey, as a matter of fact, as they are two separate entities. And she did mention that a lot of ice hockey players, a lot of pro NHLers as well, all grew up playing deck hockey, especially those who did not live in Canada or at least did not live in countries where there's a cold environment. And there's ice all over the place. Like a lot of Canadians, we've heard mm -hmm. that NHLers, that they were literally able to skate to school every day or there was a pond outside where they would just play and play and play. But for those of us in climates where you have four different seasons and you're a hockey player, you got to compromise and or do something else. So in the meantime, when there's no ice on the floor and you do have a flat surface, it'd be a street or wherever, or if it's a handball court like what we play on, you got to do what you got to do. So you could still do your stick handling and, and, and practice your shots and all that stuff. Just it's not on ice. But the uh, beauty of the deck hockey ball, and you could even use your, your, your ice hockey stick and stuff like that, as Gary and I have talked about, the wraparound, which saves the blade. So you don't have to worry about that withering down. Or you could just get a Milek stick and Milek ball, which we will get into in a couple of topics. And away you go. Still waiting for you to bring back the goalie wraparound, hockey wraparounds. Yeah, what's going on with that? That was I'm surprised that they kind of phased that out a little bit. Yeah, that guy's got a great point. Yeah, what he said. Seriously, bring back that goalie wraparound. Uh-huh, I agree. All right, settle down, guys, settle down. It's unanimous. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. All of the voices in my head agree. <laughs> the ones in my head, too, that's good. So maybe somebody will listen to it. But yeah, uh, going back to what you said about it being able to be played on all different surfaces, I think that the ball hockey championships that we were just talking about before in Moscow are actually the place where they're playing it. It looks like it may actually be a hockey rink that just had the ice melted off and down to the bare concrete. So it's at the like Moscow ice center or something and there's no ice to be seen. So it stands to reason that that's what happened. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's a very versatile game. Very, yeah. Uh, ideally, if, if you're indoors, it's yeah, it must be amazing to play on, uh, like they said, polished concrete or uh, blue plastic deck, mm -hmm. as they refer to it, as uh, Gary was talking about, especially if the reaction of the ball itself where it doesn't bounce around as much. And again, it's a lot easier on your equipment when it's a nice smooth surface and the game is faster that way. And it, yeah. truer passing and, and, and so on and so forth. So that, that's that's really cool that they go through that for major tournaments a lot, as Gary was just mentioning before as well. And again, Jackie goes into the differences between ball hockey and street hockey, the differences in rules and the regulations and the size of rink, as a matter of fact, because, yes, a lot of times you can easily play on an ice hockey rink, which is roughly 200 feet by 80 feet, 85 feet. And you could play deck hockey if the ice is melted and it's a flat enough surface. Or the deck hockey rink proper is a little smaller than an NHL regulation rink. By I think it's like about 100 feet by 80 or 75 or thereabouts. And a little bit of an intricacy there too, where because you're running around, they take that into account so that you don't have to exude as much energy as if you were skating because as exhausting as ice hockey is, at least you're gliding a little bit, and they take that into account with the deck, that you're not covering as much ground because you're running. Sure. 
And that's something street hockey, deck hockey, those are terms that we tend to use interchangeably here on the podcast, but James is right. Technically, they are different sets of rules. So actually, if you guys want us to cover that in more depth and detail on the podcast, let us know. I mean, it, to me, it seems like something that might be a little dry. So I, I think that's why we haven't really delved into it before. Also, I'm too lazy to learn what the differences actually are. But uh, <laughs> if you want us to talk about it, let us know. And, you know, you're, you are our boss. So if you want us to talk about it, then talk about it. We shall. It's up to you. Let us know either way, please. Please and thank you. Appreciate that, American Rhino. Yeah, sure. You know, one one other thing I didn't mention about that tournament in Moscow is mm -hmm. I, I said I was watching the game because they stream on YouTube. But unlike the tournament that we covered last year, there's no play-by-play -play on this one. Oh, it's just Sounds of the Arena, which, as I told you earlier today, James, was, uh, at least in the beginning, it was largely just European pop songs. And eventually they did segue into more uh, American or at least English language songs. But they they sprinkled random WWE theme songs in with their playlist, including a, a very strange cover of something. So, yeah, it's a it's a strange, strange place, Moscow. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Hey, and, and we know a couple of guys who could easily do play by play in color if need be. But, uh, you know, just just reach out and let us know over here at Hit the Deck. Daniel Wilson and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was thinking maybe the American Rhino. And, oh, oh, and 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 you, James. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. But definitely Daniel. Good Wilson, call. Yeah. 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 Definitely. No, I actually I made a uh, on hit the decks behalf. I made a comment that implied that very thing on the Facebook page for uh, you know the whatever I, for whatever. Listen to me. I'm a professional. That's why they should employ us to do play by play because we're professionals for the 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 American hockey governing body that is presenting this tournament, which eludes my my mind at this particular moment. But go on our Facebook page if you're really interested, because we have a link to it. So whatever their page is, I I left a comment to the effect that it would be better with play by play. Wink, wink, wink. Thank you. Appreciate it. Sure. So getting back to Miss Spiegel's article, she was saying that in 1993, the International Street and Ball Hockey Federation, or as Gary was saying before, the ISBHF, was formed to govern the world of deck and ball hockey throughout the world. Actually, and I was talking about the American Street Hockey Institute. Yeah, well, yeah, you also mentioned the international as well, if I'm not mistaken. If not, I apologize. Uh, um, I don't think so, but in your defense... My memory is terrible, and I don't listen to what I'm saying half the time. So it's possible that I mentioned it. Uh, well, we'll find out in, in, when future us hears the podcast. But anyway, the ISBHF, as I do know that Gary was talking about this, uh, held its 12th annual World Championships last year, and that's what uh, Gary did so well to do the scrimmage about in last year for Scrimmage 10, I believe it was, which was an excellent summary of the tournament. If I recall, that scrimmage was titled Check-In. Very good. So, yeah, definitely listen to that. And, uh, and again, Miss Spiegel is, is referencing that uh, as it was held in the Czech Republic last year. And there was an amazing amount of teams that were formed there from places in the world that you wouldn't expect, particularly from Lebanon and Bermuda, which is amazing. The Cayman Islands, as far as Hong Kong. So they all put out a deck hockey team and it really proves how global it is. Yeah. I'm waiting for the Disney movie about that. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it did pretty good for the NHL. So maybe they could help us out here in the world of ball and deck hockey. And uh, the other th cool thing about it, as Gary and I always mention as well, is that uh, it doesn't matter your age as kind of making fun of that before, but for most people, not including myself, it's ageless. So you could have players, men and women in their 20s, or you have a guy in his 60s who uh, plays for Bermuda, as a matter of fact, 62-year-old man who they said was outrunning players half of his age. So there's something to look forward to. Well, a lot of that is conditioning. You know, if you, if you yeah. keep yourself in good shape, then you can. You can do that. Good point. <laughs> yeah, if you're uh, huffing and puffing and you're smoking cigarettes and 
you're just a couch potato, I, yeah, I wouldn't recommend running around when you're 62 years old if you're <laughs> whatever. But be careful. Exactly right. And, and consult a doctor first before you do anything like that. But it, it's, it's pretty amazing. And stars from all over the world, including Europe, not only are they excelling in, in ice hockey over the last few years or decades, but deck hockey as well and ball hockey, too. And we all know how popular it is in Canada and right here in, in America, as Gary and I are trying to emphasize that. And, and again, we appreciate guys like Lou and Jeremy and Kevin who have reached out to us. Sorry, please continue. That, that, I, I love the title of last week's podcast, by the way, uh, Lou Earns. So that was Save very Lou nice. Earns, yes. Yeah, that, very cute. And, uh, and we again, thank Lou so much for his time. And we hope to hear about the uh, updates that he has and that everything's going well with him and his crew. So the uh, the other thing, too, is it's they're looking to get the deck hockey and ball hockey as an Olympic event because they've proven that it is a global event. They've proven that these tournaments are successful and a lot of people enjoy them and it's competitive and fans are out there supporting it as well. So maybe the Olympics could open up a door for ball hockey and they can compete every four years there. Also, believe it or not, there are, and it's really rare, but it is possible. But as of last year, they were saying in, in this article that ISBHF World Championship came up with prospect Danik Martell, who plays for the Philadelphia Flyers. And he earned his NHL call up which was amazing, but his roots are deck hockey, uh, obviously. I'm not saying Lou Ernst. Yeah, obviously that uh, ice hockey is a majority of what uh, that gentleman has to play, and especially to get to the NHL, you need to be the best of the best. But that's pretty impressive that they do have ice hockey players, and we've heard about this before, roller hockey players and ice hockey players competing in these deck hockey tournaments. And Generally, they're probably better than the average deck hockey player because they have the experience and the endurance of playing ice hockey and, and the physicality of playing ice hockey because obviously you have to worry about getting hit, taking hits, avoiding hits because that weighs on you really quick. And if you can absorb that like a boxer, you're a lot tougher and stronger for it. And when you get to compete in deck hockey, you don't have to worry about getting blindsided or knocked down or anything like that. So you can just focus on your game and probably your wrist shot's going to be a little bit better than the average deck hockey player. Your slap shot's probably going to be better and so on and so forth. But the good thing about that is it means that the deck hockey players are able to compete with these highly skilled NHLers or ice hockey players. It's because I don't like the Flyers. That was the implication. That was oh, that the, goes without saying. I mean, no, nobody likes I just want to make sure that the... Yeah, no, we, we, we get it. We all, you were reading our minds, man. I mean, the Flyers don't like the Flyers, so um, that's the way that goes. But uh, anyway, that's one good thing, I guess, is that they uh, have a, a deck hockey player on the roster. At least one that admits that he was a deck hockey player. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, Nick, maybe they can throw deck balls at Santa Claus. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Uh, but uh, Martel was saying that... An, an, I wonder if he's related to uh, the model, Rick Martell, but he says that he was quoted as saying that he thinks that the ball was helping him so much with his skills of playing ice hockey. And uh, again, that was a prime example of that the summertime, he didn't have ice to play on, so he had to do something else. And that's where ball hockey came in and made him a full year player. Nice. I mean, yeah, like, like, you know, all kidding aside, that is pretty cool that a deck hockey player can make it in the NHL. Like that's, you know, I mean... It's maybe it's not fair that I'm I'm sure they didn't just see him in the tournament and decide to pick him up. Uh, you know, I'm sure he was an NHL prospect already when he played in the tournament. But, uh, you know, it is cool to see that a deck hockey player by nature can make it in the, uh, you know, the, the big boy league in the NHL. With If anything, I think it validates the sport to an extent because we've talked about this before people see deck hockey is and i think jackie even mentions this in the article how people see deck hockey and street hockey and all that as kind of like a you know a poor man's substitute like oh if you can't make it playing real hockey you, you play ball hockey but it's not you know it doesn't have to be that at all so the fact that a skilled player in the ball hockey sphere can also compete at the nhl level is uh, encouraging and it's it's a great story for the sport. Absolutely. And the same thing for the ladies out there, because there are professional ice hockey leagues for women. And a couple of deck hockey players made it to, for example, like the Buffalo Buttes 
couple of teammates there were uh, on the roster for the deck hockey tournament. So there's something else to look forward to. That sounds like it should be a roller derby team. <laughs> yeah. Well, names aside, we'll whatever. But uh, there, there is something that you can progress if you want to and if you're able to go for it. And just summing things up here a little bit to, to wrap things up, I should say, on this article is Jackie Spiegel says there are also 40 different tournaments offered in the United States and Canada alone that you could find out on the internet, which is a good tool there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Also, she mentions one more time, and literally she says, hit the deck. (laughs) There you go. In the uh, Talking about the Masters division in the second to last paragraph of the article. And to sum it up, uh, the American Rhino, if you want to take this one, as you were just saying before, that highlighted part of the uh, final paragraph is how Miss Spiegel so beautifully sums up what deck hockey is all about. Uh, okay. Um, lights, please. <laughs> the beauty of ball hockey is that it's still hockey at its core. It involves playing solid defense and strong offense. It brings men and women, children and adults from around the world together to meet and compete. As they say, hockey is life, hockey is family, and ball hockey is just that. That's what deck hockey is all about, Charlie Brown. (laughs) Beautiful. Well done, American Rhino. Well done, Jackie Spiegel. And speaking of well done, we'll just really quickly recap the 2018 Stanley Cup final. I just want to, before we move on, I just want to take this this moment to point out that we we have just finished our first topic of the podcast, and this show is already longer than some episodes. So maybe we should pick things up a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's so why I wanted to move on a little bit, and I guess in the future maybe we'll cut down on the uh, on the the chatter. But anyway, Never. Uh, yeah, real you can, quick, you can have my banter when you take it from my cold dead hands or mouth. Cold, uh, hey, cold I dead don't mind mouth. throat. You know, we whatever. No, uh, Vocal, lungs. We, cold we, uh, dead lungs. We're on the other side of a hundred, so maybe it would be time to mix things up a little bit on the the good old podcast. There so must be some reason people listen to this show, so. I'm going to uh, go ahead and assume it's our witty repartee. Let us know. Anyway, just real yeah. quick. Yeah. If, if you'd like us to shut up, <laughs> please email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com or tweet at us at hitthedeckpod. Real quick again. I mean, the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights had an insane season. Nobody picked them to do half as or a quarter of what they accomplished, making it all the way to the Stanley Cup final, being one of the best teams at home. For the whole year, an excellent regular season, a fantastic playoffs, and they almost pulled off winning the Stanley Cup as well, which would have been absolutely unprecedented. But and they would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for those meddling teenagers, <laughs> those dang kids, <laughs> and Alex Ovechkin. I imagine right. he had something to do with it too. And 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 Holtby too in goal. But as is the case. The goalies are always front and center when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs and especially the Stanley Cup final. And Holtby was amazing and flurry. Quite frankly, I think he quieted all of his critics, myself included. He is a first-class goalie. He was absolutely astounding all year. And just really, you know, I guess having the experience of playing against Flurry that probably helped the uh, Capitals in this case. But they finally got over that hump. They beat the Penguins themselves. And then their goalie, who was drafted because of the expansion draft for the Golden Knights, uh, as fate would have it, there he was in goal against them. But uh, really, just, just great, great stuff. It was an exciting tournament and a lot of fun to watch and, and great for hockey all around. Ratings were fantastic, too, which is nice. That's always good to see. But uh, I just have a, a question to see. You know, I, I'm sorry for second-guessing and being a, an armchair quarterback. There's nothing more pathetic than that. But let me just step into that patheticism here, if that's even a word. But, I yeah. like it. Let's keep it. Okay. Skeletorial. Uh, Vegas, the Vegas <laughs> mascot. <laughs> Thank you, Skeletorial. The Vegas mascot who is known by chance. Well, in game one of because they were the home team, the Golden Knights, he drove up in kit in the actual Knight Rider car. That's how he showed up to the arena in kit. Awesome. Absolutely. So in game two, what's he going to do? He showed up in the Batmobile, baby. The wow. 60s Batmobile, too, which personally is my favorite. Okay, I, I was going to ask. Yeah, fantastic. Unfortunately, the 
Capitals won game two, but it worked in game one. Did he borrow I, it from Jerry the King Lawler? I don't know. They, uh, from what I saw on NHL.com, where he had Kit, and then somehow or other, they I, maybe it was a magnet or something like that, but they put the Golden Knights logo on the side mm-hmm. of the door. And then the same thing for the Batmobile. Under the bat signal on the door, I believe it said something, or at least it had the uh, Golden Knights logo or something like that on it to make it a little bit more legitimate. And I think maybe even on the hood of Kit, they might have had the, uh, the, the V logo. But anyway. Holy corporate cool. branding, Batman. Absolutely. I mean, that that's awesome. You got to arrive in style. But I just can't help but wonder when the series came back for game five in Las Vegas. I don't have any. I was looking and I couldn't find anything. I didn't see if Chance drove up in another famous car and if that might have cost them in the end the Stanley Cup final. So I submit Chance, you should have showed up in the General Lee, man. I mean, it would have <laughs> at least got you one more win. I guarantee you that. But Whatever. I know uh, you're a big fan of the Dukes of Hazard, so I'll yes. allow it. But I might submit uh, maybe Ecto-1 would also be a, a, a good option. I would um, save it for Game 7, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, okay, my mistake, yeah. No, not at all, because uh, Ecto-1 makes perfect sense because there's plenty of room for Lord Stanley Cup. In that, the, that's true, that's true. Yeah, you know, the Bandit car, of course, the 77 Pontiac Trans Am is another good one, but I, I yeah, Ecto one, absolutely, no question about it. But uh, anyway, whatever. The A team van. The A team van's another good one, absolutely. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> so, uh, so that that's just a little bit questionable. But um, I do have to admit, and, and I apologize to everybody in Las Vegas again. I was secretly trying not to root for the Golden Knights because. As we said before, uh, just my bad luck is anything I root for, anything I want does not come to fruition. But uh, it blew up in my face. I guess the the evil gods saw past my scheme and um, knew I was really rooting for the Knights, even though I was pretending to root for the Capitals. But I do have to admit that seeing Alito Ovechkin and his pure joy of getting that, that Stanley Cup and the excitement that he had on the bench knowing that after 13 long, hard years, he was he earned that cup. Absolutely, he did. A great career. I, personally, I may not be a fan of his, but that's more because I'm a Ranger fan. And, and I'll be honest with you, I think he really is an excellent player and a strong guy and a guy I would love to have on my team. But uh, I, I dislike him because he's so good. Let's just put it that way. And that, that's, that's out of respect because he's, just, he's, he's a great player. And he's a thorn in, in the side of the team that he plays against. So that just so happens to be the Rangers and the division and all that stuff. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, when he was skating around with the cup, kissing it and enjoying it and just being so excited, I found myself smiling from his pure joy of it. It was beautiful to see. It's what the Stanley Cup's all about and what all these guys strive for and work so hard for and sacrifice so much for to raise that cup. So that was really nice to see. Great, Scott. Maybe Chance can hop in the DeLorean and go back in time and change the outcome of Game 5. Booyah! The American Rhino wins. There you go, baby. <laughs> well done, sir. Yeah, uh, just what you said about the Ovechkin celebration. Uh, I mean, yes, that's great. But I speaking of Game 5, it was being played as we were recording the podcast last week. And I told you this off-air, James. But if, if you happen to be watching the Stanley Cup Finals, there is definitely a reason that Gary Bettman is booed year in and year out when he presents the Stanley Cup. Because the, the latest example is if you were watching the broadcast, and I don't blame you because NBC is a hard watch. But <laughs> if you were watching the broadcast, you may have seen him on the intermission report and they asked him if he was happy he they said oh you must be pleased with how you know the how successful vegas has been in its first year and this guy looked like the cat that ate the canary he had such a punchable smirk on his face talking about oh well you know we always knew that the marketing team told me that the first team that gets to vegas is going to be spectacular they're going to do very well and you know i'm just i'm glad that we were the first to get there and yes of course we're very pleased with how like shut up dude you didn't do anything you had nothing to do with the success of the vegas knights right don't take credit for somebody else's 
greatness. Like, just shut up. Nobody wants to see your punchable face. Just stop talking. <laughs> I'm ashamed to share a name with that guy. He's a weasel. <laughs> okay. But uh, we can talk about uh, a, a cool guy, unfortunately, who passed away. But uh, with it being Father's Day, Mr. Leclerc is the founder of Milek. And Milek is as big in deck hockey as it gets. Unfortunately, he passed away in November of 2014. But again, with it being Father's Day, the man is credited as being the father of ball hockey and deck hockey. There was an interesting article that was written about Mr. Leclerc that was uh, by Aaron Nicodemus. And he posted that back in November of 2014, late November of 2014, when Mr. Leclerc passed away. But real quick, thanks to him, Milek Corp came to be. That team developed the ball itself and the science that went behind the good old orange ball that we are all so familiar with and we even borrow in our logo as well. It's amazing how it all came about too because Leclerc owned a plastics factory and it just went hand in hand and in 1971 he wanted to do something different and he named the corporation after one of his sons, Michael, and that's where Milek came from. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's, you know, the rest is history. So a lot, of, a lot of ingenuity went into the ball, into the equipment used in deck hockey and the evolution of the equipment going all the way up to now. And the timing was perfect in the 70s too, as it's all based in uh, Massachusetts and Lemonster, as a matter of fact, which we talked about in Hit the Deck 91 about the Team USA under 14 kids, as a matter of fact. Okay. Lemonster kid. Absolutely. From Boston. That's right. It was a wicked uh, great podcast. Exactly. So, yeah, that the, the Bruins were ruling the NHL world in the 70s and uh, certain defensemen. I don't know if anybody knows about him. Bobby Orr and yes, Phil Esposito and his brother. Yeah, a couple of no-name guys, you know. The Esposito brothers and stuff, but um, huh. yeah. Uh, ESPN, and, and, what? Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, the the first two spokesmen for Milek were the Esposito brothers themselves. I mean, how awesome is that? That was pretty cool. Um, so it, it just really all came into full circle, and it, it's fascinating how they tried so long and hard to come up with the a good combination of plastics to come up with the ball that is what we know today. And uh, they picked the color orange because of obvious reasons. It's bright. You could see it clearly. They picked the, uh, the density and, and the form of plastic, which it didn't just happen overnight. It, it took a long time to develop it and come up with a strong enough plastic that is durable enough to play when it's warm outside and when it's cold outside, it's not going to crack. When it's warm, it's not going to stick to the surface. And it's not going to bounce around as much. And it's going to react as close to a puck as it can because, as they found out too, and I could definitely vouch for that, when you're playing on asphalt or a rough surface with a puck, the puck always goes on its side. And you're wasting so much time trying to corral that thing. It's hard to pass. It, it spins around. It goes in a big circle on mm -hmm. its edge. It's a nightmare. So my luck coming up with that good old ball that we love so much, well done. Yeah, that Actually, interesting little fact. A lot of you probably already know this, but there are different kinds of balls depending on the temperature that you're playing in. You can uh, and, and the pack of balls that you buy should have like the temperature rating for what you're buying. But basically, they make three different kinds of balls. They make balls for cold weather, you know, medium weather or moderate weather or, and then very hot weather. So the thickness and the the um, kind of uh, I'm squeezing my hand as if you can see that and know what I'm talking about. The well, let's just say squeezability of the ball is going to vary based on what kind of weather you're playing it. Because if you have a ball that's designed for the cold weather and you try and play in the hot weather, it's gonna like fold in half because I assume it's thinner or it's made of uh, you know, a, a less dense material that when it gets cold, it will kind of solidify and be better to play with. But conversely, if you try and play in, with a hot weather puck in the cold, it's going to be like 
playing with you know a brick because <laughs> if that thing hits you it's going to hurt and it might crack because it's not meant to be played in those temperatures and i guess my engineered all that stuff i really i had no idea that my put so much um effort and 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 so much research into developing the perfectly formulated deck hockey ball that we all know and love and i i guess it makes perfect sense but it's not something I ever thought about. And Milek literally did write the rule book. They they literally wrote the book on how to play ball hockey. So uh, I've made fun of Milek to an extent over the years, as have many of us, I'm sure, because for the most part, James is raising his hand. You don't have to raise your hand. We're 102 episodes into the podcast, James. You don't have to raise your hand. But um, yeah, because I guess, well... For a long time, that was the only equipment that was available for street hockey and, and ball hockey. You know, a lot of it, it, it is kind of associated with these just hard plastic blades and silly, you know, the goalie sticks are, are really, they are not great. <laughs> they, they really need to make some strides in their goalie sticks. But I will say that, um, and pads as well, they make really, goalie equipment on the whole, they, they, for as much as they've innovated with this game and and created the game and and credit that they get for that, they really need to work on their goalie stuff because that is that is still pretty subpar. But for for you know your your regular runner skater whatever that gear, uh, we play with a guy or guys who have Milex sticks and they're leaps and bounds uh, beyond what you kind of would normally picture a Milex stick as. You know the just the basic wooden shaft with the bright blue blade or whatever. The the they make some I guess uh, composite sticks with ABS blades now that are really high quality gear. So you know credit to them for advancing with the times. But again, like seriously, you need to up your your goalie game because it's embarrassing. And yeah, two more things too. They're a very charitable family, the Leclerc family, who uh, an eventual guy who grew up playing deck hockey and um, I think even helped out with the development of some of the equipment, Mr. LaPerriere. He's now running the show over at Milek, but the Leclerc Charity Fund has had about $10 million in um, funds and stuff, and they give out about $500,000 per year, mainly from Richard Leclerc himself, who was the son, one of the sons of Raymond. And uh, they're still as charitable and they're still based in Massachusetts. And there's like Gary said, they're still at the fore of uh, innovating and things like that. And and the fund helps the socially disadvantaged. It helps training programs that get welfare moms into workforce and stuff like that. So they, they have their hearts in the right place and they're working really hard. And again, yeah, a lot of the Milex stuff, maybe it's just for the younger generation, the young kids and stuff. And then you can grow up and, and maybe move on to more sophisticated equipment but as gary was saying absolutely if they could just do the goalie stuff as they do with the uh, forward sticks and things of of the modern day era then there's absolutely no complaints whatsoever but great company we appreciate all that they've done for ball hockey and continue to do and support my as much as you can out there because they're supporting other people who need them last minute remaining in the podcast Thank you, Pops, and thank you for listening to another episode of Hit the Deck, for staying with us through all of that, whatever <laughs> that was. And uh, so, of course, we, we want to thank you always for listening to the podcast. Thank you, Pops, for being the voice of the podcast. Thank you to Anthony Sajazi for providing us with music and the LIQ for providing us with sound effects. We were joking about it before, but please feel free to contact us if you have something you want to talk about. If you want to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear your feedback. If you want to give us your feedback, your topic ideas, anything, really, please feel free to hit us up at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Tweet at us at hitthedeckpod. And uh, if you want to start a conversation on our Facebook page, feel free to do that. We are Hit The Deck on Facebook and Instagram. And check out our YouTube channel, Hit The Deck Podcast. As we mentioned last week, we've uploaded a lot of our what we consider our best segments and we'd love for you to be able to listen to those if you haven't already. And uh, if you have an idea for a segment that we missed, let us know. And we will be happy to get that up there for everybody's benefit as well. So I would encourage you, please, to consider subscribing to this podcast if you haven't already done so. That really helps us out. And what would help us out even more than that is subscribing to the YouTube channel. 
that if we can get enough subscriptions, we can really start to do some good stuff with the YouTube channel. We would appreciate that if, if you know, it's not that big of a deal for you. Please, please, please subscribe to us. And more than that, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. Whatever you think is fair, that would really help us and help other people uh, find us. So, you know, please share the love. That That's really, that's what it's all about. Please, we, we rely on you to spread the word about Hit the Deck. So please tell a friend. And and if you leave us that review on iTunes, you can tell tell a stranger or any number of strangers, and we'd appreciate your feedback there too. So um, all that being said, James, is there anything that you would care to add? Just want to wish everybody, especially you, the American Rhino, a, all the guys out there, a very, 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 very happy Father's Day. And we love you and appreciate you wonderful men. And thank you for everything to my dad as well. Thank you, James. And happy Father's Day to your father and brother. And uh, I guess to you, too, as a godfather. So happy Father's Day, one and all. So thank you for that. Thank you again for listening. And thank you uh, always for, um, you know, keeping keeping the spirit of deck hockey. Because, as uh, I always like to remind you, whether you are playing with some basic Milex street hockey gear or or the the top of the line stuff whether you are out there playing on the deck or whether you are out there especially if you're out there representing your country on the world stage wherever you find yourself and whatever you find yourself doing I would always and forever urge you to remember it's deck hockey don't be that guy thanks everybody have a happy Father's Day. You have a very, very happy Father's Day yourself. No, I hope you, you have a happy Father's Day. I, hope I insist. Don't make me come over there and wish you a happy Father's Day, mister. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yes, I won't do will. it. I have to go to bed. It's late. What is wrong with me?